Welcome to Where Personal and Business Connect. I am Tiffany S. Griffin. For my entire career, I have worked for and with small businesses that make six to seven figures annually before I began creating any of my own brands. As anyone who has worked in a small business or has decided to start their own business can tell you, there's no such thing as one hat. You're constantly wearing many hats, which means it becomes stressful and overwhelming. Your HR, your marketing, your sales, your accounting, not to mention trying to understand the legalities of your business. I began my management journey at age 19, and I self-taught myself majority of my job. I was influenced in both positive and negative ways, but overall, everything was a learning experience. So although I can now look back and see a lot of the mistakes that I made early on, such as delegation and team development, I've accepted those mistakes as mistakes and growth. So trust me, I'm at the point in my life now where I can say if I managed you at 19, I am extremely sorry for a lot of the decisions that I may have made because not all of them were quite right, but they always had the best intentions. I've never been that malicious person who was out to get people, but just understanding a little bit more of how business works now, I know that I definitely didn't do some things quite right. But that's part of being a human, right? And not being perfect. So the Tiffany that you'll meet today and in this podcast has definitely evolved over the last few years, even more so in the last few months. My mindset has shifted and I have so many different experiences that I can share with you to help you improve on your entrepreneurial journey as well as your nine to five. But most importantly, your personal life, because the truth is everything boils down to the same principles. The principles that affect our day-to-day life spill over right into our business. For example, in today's podcast, we're discussing the fact that tomorrow never comes. If we procrastinate in our personal life, I'm 1000% sure we're going to procrastinate in our professional life as well. Whether it's a home business or just the requests that our managers give us at work. But I don't want to make you wait. I want to get us right diving in to Tomorrow Never Comes podcast. So you'll hear more about my personal story just as we go through some episodes. But let's go ahead and dive in. Okay? So Tomorrow Never Comes. For me, a major problem has been analysis paralysis. That's at least what I like to call it. It was my desire to show perfectionism. I would study and research so much that all I did was learn. I never implemented anything. The first thing that I had to learn, well, I guess it was one of the latter middle range things that I had to learn, was that what was perfect in 2011 is not going to be perfect in 2019. And now that technology is growing so quickly, what was perfect in January may not be perfect in March. It's okay to act on things and change and not have a thousand percent correct initially because every day you're going to take steps towards working towards your goal and you're deciding not to accept failure. When we sit back and we analyze something too long or we try to just get it perfect before putting it out there and testing it, we don't really know. For me, I'm really hard on myself in my head. So in my head, I'm like, no, nobody's going to like this. Let me do it this way. Let me do it that way. 
But when I'm doing it for somebody else, it's easy. It comes naturally. It, it just goes out. But I'm a lot harder on myself because of the expectations that I have for myself. But if I never test things out or try things out, I'm never going to see anything because I'm keeping everything inside for me, which is pretty much the same thing that kind of happened with this podcast. But let's think about this a little bit. In your brain, what are your thoughts? Think about the real reason why you're trying not to take the next step. Is it because you're afraid of what people will think like I am at times? Or is it because you're afraid of disappointing someone? Is it because you think that you really don't deserve the reward? Be it more money, recognition. um, And by deserve, let me say inadequate. That you don't feel worthy enough for this. That you don't feel like you deserve to hit this goal or to be able to hit this level of success? Or is it because you're taking care of everyone else instead of focusing on you and what you need? So let me enlighten you on something that I have personally had to learn as well. Love yourself, love your mistakes, and love your achievements. First, everyone thoughts about you and what you do are not something that you can control. These thoughts are simply their opinions that other people have kind of allowed to cross over into your head. When other people's opinions are expressed, they're simply that. They are just opinions. You can't control the symptoms or their insecurities or their experiences. Their expectations and their opinions are based on their experiences. You don't have those same experiences. So, for example, let's look at someone who... I'm going to just use myself because it's easier, right? I'm not overweight, right? But when I start gaining weight, I recognize that my clothes don't fit. So everybody's like, no, you're fine, great, gain weight. But if I were to hit 150 pounds because I'm short, it may not look all that great anymore. And then everybody would be like, yeah, you do need to lose weight. So For me, my expectation for myself is not that I'm going to starve myself or anything like that. It's that I need to be healthier. But if I listen to everybody else's opinions, I'm going to say, well, they say I'm fine, so I don't need to stop eating as much fast food. I don't need to work out more often. I don't need to fit into my current clothes. I can just buy some more clothes, you know? Those are examples of other people's insecurities. So where they feel like, oh, you're small enough because you're not my size, that doesn't mean that you are small enough or that you are big enough. Does that make sense? Because by no means am I saying that if you're small, you should feel like you need to gain weight or you need to be smaller and vice versa. If you're not small, that you need to lose weight or you need to gain weight or change your body shape. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that you as an individual 
can't allow other people's expectations of what you should look like, feel like, be like, and do like to affect your actions. If you know that when you step on the scale, hypothetically, you are gaining more weight and you know that that's not healthy for you, work out more, lose weight. If you know that you're not eating enough, eat more so that you can gain a little bit more weight and you can be healthy. Now, of course, people are going to have opinions that are good for us that are trying to help us improve things, right? Um, Take a leap of faith. Start your business. No, I don't want to start my business. No, I don't want to start my business. No, I don't want to start my business. Start your business. You can do it. I'm normally the person telling people, start your business. You can do it. You can do it. I go through this with family, with clients. Go ahead and push to the next step. You can do it. But they don't believe in themselves yet. So there are different different conversations that you're going to get from other people. But pay attention to a lot of the negative comments. Those are the comments that we're really talking about that are our fears. We're afraid of the negative comments that people have and that people may think about us, right? Those negative comments tend to come from their insecurities, their jealousy, their fear of you succeeding more than them, or their fear because they haven't been exposed to something. They haven't had these experiences. For example, if I were talking to somebody who makes $7.25 an hour to tell them that it's possible to make a million dollars in a day isn't realistic to them. They're like, no, you can't. To tell them that it's possible to make a million dollars in a year, it's a little bit more realistic, but they can't figure out or phantom how that is possible because they only make $7.25 an hour. And it becomes even more hard for them to understand if their parents previously only worked minimum wage jobs. And if everybody who is around them is only making minimum wage jobs, which is one of the things that we're going to talk about in later podcasts as well, who you're surrounding yourself with. So based on who you surround yourself with, you do honestly start to become those people. If you're your smartest friend, you need a new circle. That might be episode number four, but we'll see. So in regards to our business, because that kind of went into our personal life and just loving ourselves and those mistakes, look at this. As a small business owner or as a brand new entrepreneur, you choose your target client. So the person who you're talking to and advertising to is who you want to work with. Because trust me when I say, you do not want to work with every client. They will aggravate you. They will irritate you. They will use you and they will take advantage of you. You may not be able to fulfill their needs at this present moment or in general, you just may not be able to be the right person for them. It just depends on your experiences because all of us have different experiences. And the life events that we have like I said, affect us as individuals and they affect us in our business. So when we're starting a business, especially a consulting business or a marketing agency or a fashion line, you 
as an individual, when you are in that small phase and you don't have a team of people who can each relate to all of these different clients, can't talk to everybody. Even in major brand commercials, they don't talk to everybody. There is a different Coke commercial on BET than CMT and CNN. They're talking to different people through their advertisement. So when you're your one-man show, you talk to the person who relates to you. And everybody who doesn't relate to you, that's fine. They're not for you. It's okay. When you try to work with every client and change your personality for every friend, you're going to lose yourself. You're no longer going to be able to meet your goals because you're out here trying to appease other people. Everybody does not want the best for you. Now, by no means am I saying just put together some nonsense and deliver garbage to your client or your boss and just say, oh, this was my best, here you go, and let's see which clients like it, and if you don't like it, oh well. You always have to do your best. What I'm saying is set time limits, set expectations, because if you sit there and you spend forever on it, you're never going to present anything, which will also create an angry client. But understand that your your absolute best may not be what your client is looking for or what your boss desired. But in the extent that you take feedback that is constructive and you grow from it, you'll be okay. Don't become overly consumed in the mundane, degrading comments that affect your self-esteem. Focus on only the comments that have to do with your work and your performance. But at least you know, now you've tried, you gave it your best, and now you can repeat and give your best on a new level. This is positivity. This is how we're able to grow. You take the good and the bad and you filter it out and you grow with positivity. This week, I want you to think about one thing that you want to do that you've really been thinking about doing, and you, but you feel like you haven't got enough time. Maybe it's adding a new service to your business or presenting a new project to your boss or maybe even quitting your job. Think about your goals, what your plans are, and how you can make your plan successful. Remember, set the deadlines, set the timelines, and execute your plan. Now, Well, after all that procrastinating at work or on your business, I bet you're starting to see some of those same questions that you think of in your personal life pop up. Should I post this picture or that picture? If I post this picture, maybe people won't like it as much. If I think it's great. I think that it's honestly a great thing that Instagram is coming up with an update that's going to remove the ability for people to see the quantity of likes by followers. Of course, the owner of the page will still know, but the public itself won't know. And I believe for a long time that there's been a bandwagoner syndrome on Instagram, where if there were a bunch of likes on a picture, then other people were going to like it because they felt like other people liked it. But it was hard for people to like the picture first, unless if they really, really liked it, if it's been posted for two or three days, you know, they feel like, well, nobody else likes this. I shouldn't like it. So 
let's kind of see when that comes out. I don't remember when that's supposed to come out, but let's kind of see when that comes out, how people react. But anyway, back to the personal life. I find that a lot of people who procrastinate in general do have a feeling of getting overwhelmed. They feel like it's not good enough. It's too much work. I'm not strong enough in general. I'm feeling like self-doubt. But beyond the label of depression, self-esteem is an issue that has to be addressed. Now, of course, if you are depressed, you may definitely need medical assistance. And you would be getting help for that. But truly, before depression sets in, it's those thoughts. The thoughts that we actually have control of, that we can control. How do we see ourselves? How do we choose to see ourselves? What do we choose to love about ourselves? And you can choose what you want to change. When we're doing things, which my mom made me do this when I was younger, and I went through a depression, but literally standing in the mirror telling myself that I loved myself. Are we telling ourselves that we love ourselves? Are we embracing our self-esteem? Are we embracing our curves, our smile, our crooked teeth, our hair texture, our um, anything? Do we love ourselves in general? Because, okay, I have a crooked smile. I can still love the way my smile is. And I can say, oh, it would be prettier after I get braces again. That's okay. But at the end of the day, I still love my smile. I'm not going to stop smiling because for me, my smile means that I'm happy. Why would I let somebody else's expectation of my smile determine if I'm going to smile? That's one thing that I've done before. I wouldn't smile with my teeth because I didn't want anybody to talk about my teeth. By us sitting down every day on a good day or on a bad day and telling ourselves that we love ourselves and changing our thoughts from positive from negative thoughts I'm sorry into positive thoughts you're going to see a huge difference in your life by sitting every day even on a bad day in the corner not wanting to go out or not wanting to get up and move because it feels like there's too much going on in society, like everybody is against you, but all the self-esteem for me personally couldn't be enough. Like I said, I had this problem in the eighth grade. I didn't want to go to school, and I didn't go to school for nearly a month in the beginning of the school year, simply because it was too overwhelming, and I was wondering, what if? What if this happened to me? What if this happened to me? And what if this happens? And what if this goes wrong? And there's just too much work to go back now. What my therapist had to help me to understand is the what if doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I am still alive. I am still able to choose to move forward. So even if I've experienced a traumatic event in my life, in this present moment, I am here. And in this present moment, I have to choose to be present. I can't be concerned about the past and every mistake that I have made and every opinion and every perspective that somebody has about me. Because at the end of the day, 
their opinions and perspective that they have about me, if I am not out here killing people, doing anything wrong and doing anything malicious, and I'm genuinely trying to be a good person, why am I concerned about their negativity? Why am I concerned about their lies? Because at the end of the day, if I show my truth, which is who I am, who I naturally am, people's lies about things that I have done or people might try to say. Like, if you know me, you know that I have never stole from anybody, but people have tried to say that I stole from them. And that doesn't even make any sense if you know me because I'm an open book. You write a topic, I'm going to talk about it. You ask me a question, especially when I start doing our lives again, and you ask me a question, first of all, I can't lie. So it's just going to come out, you know? I have to be my positive person. I am that person first. That's what you have to be for yourself first. If you know you're messing up and you know you're doing some things that are wrong, say, I made a mistake. I'm making the change. It will not happen anymore. And make that change, right? Still, to me, it's a battle. And it may always be a battle. But I'm learning to not care what people think. So, One of the things that my mom had me do when I was in the eighth grade was positive affirmations. I didn't even have a clue of what a positive affirmation was. I didn't know that they were as powerful as I understand that they are now. But saying those positive things about yourself, like I was talking about before, I am beautiful, I am loved, I am happy, genuinely helps you and your subconscious mind to love yourself and move forward. You're going to hear me talk a lot more about positive thinking and positive affirmations and positive energy, especially a little happy bubble, as I like to call it, and keeping your bubble pure because all of the hurt and disappointment and hatred and pain in the world, we have to internally become better human beings and become more positive. Yes, there are people who are out there to hurt you, and you have a choice where you're going to put them in your life. You have a choice to be aware and to recognize the damaging and harmful people that have tried to insert themselves in your life, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances, clients, customers, employers, employees, whoever. You cannot control those people, what they say, what they do, what they will try to say. You only have control over your thoughts, your perceptions, and how and where you allow people to get in your life. I'm not saying that we cannot wait for all these people to talk and we can avoid interacting with them and never deal with them. There are going to be some conversations that we have to have. But I am saying that you can choose how close they get to you. You don't have to talk to negative people every day. You do not. You are not working seven days a week, 24 hours a day. There is a moment you can regain your peace, regain your positivity, and go into your happy bubble. So, 
from this podcast. I hope you heard a few things that you can implement, and I hope it was thought-provoking as well. Remember, control your thoughts, act, make decisions, and move forward. Do not allow analysis paralysis to take control of your life, both personally and professionally. Be less concerned about others' thoughts, more concerned about your actions, and more concerned about your thoughts. I love you all, and I'll see you next week.